0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Edmond. <laughs> I think I'm ready to like change that like jingle though, because it's just like unfair that like I'm an missions officer and a podcast host, and my vocals are so beautiful. So it's like I gotta leave something for someone else. Triple <laughs> threat. Um. So let's do some check-in. It's been like it's not been that long but <laughs> right. um just kind of what have you been up to in like the last few weeks and yeah so we're in december now so i celebrated a birthday recently oh, happy
1: yellow, birthday 26. i'm sad why you know i was talking to my grandma and i told my grandma because called me for a birthday and she's like happy birthday and i'm like thank you grandma she's like "How? how's everything going you doing good and i'm like yeah i'm just sad and she was like why are you sad and i was like because i'm getting older she was like oh girl you're getting wiser <laughs> i'm like but i was talking to monty and i unpacked it a little bit the mm-hmm. reason why i'm afraid of getting older is because as we get older we start to lose the people that we love um, and monty yeah. was like you know but you get new people in your life and they you build new connections and i'm like but the people that you lose don't equate to the people that you'll ever gain you know those mm-hmm. people are irreplaceable you know, like, if you lose a mom or a dad, like, okay, yeah, I got this other person who comes in my life who's like a father to you but you're not my dad, you know? Mm, right. So it's just, it's those different, like, mm-hmm. connections, and as you get older... Which is more likely for it to happen. Because, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh, you going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But then you realize, oh, you ain't living forever. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's deep. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, 26 was a great year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was young, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, But you know what? I think I was, like, talking to, I think, my parents about this. So, um, in October, I lost two relatives within, like, a two-week time frame, um, and then, like, four months prior to that, I had lost an uncle. But I had realized in my life I have kind of, like, seen a lot of death. So I'm like, oh, it's it's okay. It's just, like, a part of life. And I think you will um, you appreciate those who are around you more. But then also I have a lot of people in my life who are just, like, out here kicking, like, my great-grandmother passed away at 94. <laughs> so she lived a good life. And my grandmother was, like, in her 70s. Yeah, she was in her 70s when her mom passed away. So I think... I mean, you don't really know what's yeah, going to happen. This is real deep. I'm so sorry about you. Oh, my straight to death. I was
2: like, what are going to have a good time? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> I'm like, like,
1: you know, that's I want to the same thing. I said, I think a lot of people think I'm morbid because I talk about death a little bit more than a, yeah. the average person does. But I think it's one of those things that we don't talk about that I think we should talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, that way when you do lose those people or when things do happen, you're a little bit more prepared for it. Because yeah. if you live your whole life being naive to the fact that someone's going to pass away or that mm-hmm. people are going to live forever, then when it hits you, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, so... Didn't mean to, you know, make that no, conversation.
2: No, but this, is, this time of the year, you know, I have a lot of friends that work with adults. I work with children. Uh, this time of the year, you know, it, it, it's like uh, the tale of two cities. It was the best yeah. times, it was the worst of times. Mm-hmm. You have families that are celebrating... The holidays, and then you have people that are like, I don't have a family, mm-hmm. or I just lost a family right. member. So, as much as there are the highs, there's a lot of people who are in their it lows does. right yeah. now because it's a time of realization that this is this is the first Christmas, or this is the first time we're gonna, you know, mm. celebrate, or you do a reflection of the year. This yeah. is the first time, yeah. you know, or, or I lost so and so this year, right? Um, because when you said I'm worried about turning 26, I was like, Well, round it up, you're 30. But uh, but what you brought up, yeah, this true. Yeah. So as you do get you older, know, yeah.
1: And I think it's funny that you say it's a time of realization, Mm because honestly, every time I I begin to turn a new chapter or flip a page, I'm like, whoa, what have I done this past year? You know, what have I accomplished within this year? And I'm hard on myself, so I mean, I've accomplished a lot, but I
0: still be like, dang, that's all you did, see? You know, it's funny as you bring this up, because we're in app read season right now, so Mm -hmm. I'm like reading a ton of applications, but in a lot of PIQs, like, I went to therapy on... I got to therapy once a week, everyone. But <laughs> I went to therapy on Thursday. And my therapist was checking in with me. She's like, how's everything? How's your anxiety? And I was like, it's good, but I feel a little off balance right now. And she's like, why? And then I was like, you know what? I think it's the applications. Like, you read so much of these applications. And, like, these students are going through it. Like, they're, like they are struggling with like depression of their own they're struggling with anxiety they're struggling with death in the family Mm -hmm. and like I can't like every day I can guarantee I'll read at least five applications where someone has died Mm -hmm. maybe they experienced some type of abuse maybe and almost every application it seems like now has like anxiety and depression um, on it and some students are maybe using it more as trigger words but there are some students who have actually been diagnosed with these things and it's like a real life struggle for them right so I think it's like a good point of like figuring out how do we talk about this on an application and in an effective way because some students will literally they will I promise you not they will write on an application my grandfather died and I had anxiety and I had depression and then I like my grades were dropping and then I realized like six months later you know what my grandfather would have wanted me to do well in mm-hmm. school and now mm-hmm. I've turned it around and my grades are better and I'm like what yeah. <laughs> and it just like skipped. and I was like there's so much in between that you should be writing about like how what was that day-to-day like okay you had anxiety and depression how come you weren't able to focus right on your schoolwork? right so talk about that my focus was off maybe parents were fighting maybe I um Maybe I had my own things that I was, like, going through, right? Like, just talk about that and give us a little more meat so we understand that day-to-day and why your grades and maybe no one around you knew. Mm -hmm, And so they expected the same stuff from you, and you really couldn't give that, right? So... Um, but there's two
1: things that come to mind with that. First, one well, what is PIQ? Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry. <laughs> personal insight questions. So, yeah. <laughs> so, the personal insight questions or um, personal statements, right? Okay. Um, so, some schools do personal insight questions. Some schools do personal statements. Um, some schools will even do interviews <laughs> um, yeah. as well. And so, it kind of is – and it's just where we get to learn more about the student and what they've been going through.
1: But then yeah. the second half of my question is like, but – schools, some schools, they use those PIQs or Mm -hmm. um, the personal statements as points to make you talk about those adverse, you know, that Mm -hmm. adversity Mm -hmm. that you face. And because life is life, we're all going to experience similar things. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, and honestly, when we think of adversity, I feel like, or when students think of adversity, they think of it a lot of, I lost someone and how I overcame that loss Mm -hmm. versus saying, no, like, you know, I wasn't, my grades were low. But then I, I was going to a tutor, mm-hmm. you know, I put in that work and then eventually I came out mm-hmm. on top, you know, but I feel like we also have to change the narrative of around um, diversity right. and what does it, what does it really mean yeah. to overcome an mm-hmm. obstacle and how you can use other situations outside of death to sort of, you know, right. um, talk to that or
0: speak to that. But mm-hmm. I think it's just a lot of critical thinking and empowerment of students Um and we'll have a whole episode on personal insight questions and personal statements and how to write an effective yeah. one, I feel like. Because um, I think that's something that some of the students really do struggle really? with. Yes. Um, and figuring out how to articulate that because you like. I'm not discounting that that was hard for you right. at all, but I want this story to help your application. Right? Because if it does not help your application, it does not do anything for your application, mm-hmm. and okay. I want to give you as many points as possible so that you could be in the best position possible to get admitted to our institution. Right?
2: Um, so I think, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great yeah. uh, October show. Maybe yeah. early November as everyone's yeah. exactly. getting their apps yeah. in and mm-hmm. ready because. Um, you know, on the school level, that's, that's really what we're reviewing with exactly. the students. And, and, you know, I know about 10 years ago, I said, look, everyone's sick, especially if someone's coming from a background, where, like, oh, I went on a vacation in a different mm-hmm. country. And I didn't or that. Like, that doesn't really say much to me. That just says you had money and you got the support behind you. And of course, you're getting good your grades. because you, have all you the support, right? Yeah, where it's more of like, tell something about what you did. Uh, mm-hmm. And whether it's adversity or for exactly. me, like the resiliency. Or mm-hmm. Like, this is what I was going through. But mm-hmm. yet, I continue doing this. And you don't know, need to always say I had a dip in my grades. You know, because they're not looking at every quarter of progress. That's you know, they're just point, seeing right? the semester well, mm-hmm. one. Show to me, show what you have done. Like, this is what I've gone through, but it never changed my okay. focus to get into your school. Mm-hmm. And that resiliency piece, I think, sometimes adds to, like, I'm a, I'm a well-rounded person, mm-hmm. you know, student, because, yeah. you know, everyone applying for college, for the most part, has pretty good grades. But what sure. more do you offer the university? Mm-hmm. And then knowing that, you know, three-quarters of uh, college students are going to have to balance job and school how are you going to handle that if you've never handled like it that. before? Right. You know? Yeah. So, that's a good point. So, great but I'm, I want that. to hear your story because that <laughs> would we to share it with our students as well. To, mm-hmm. you know that that's information that needs to go out. Like from your end, what are you reading that attracts you know students mm-hmm. to being accepted? So that way we can prepare our students better for that because yeah. ultimately that's the goal.
0: Yeah, that's the goal. Well, I will definitely share that. Um, I'm sorry, we have <laughs> a whole voice. <laughs> On here that we haven't even introduced yet was it? Were you pointing for me for my check-in? No. Oh. Well, yeah. I did it. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. So yeah, let's let our <laughs> guests introduce yourself. Yeah, tell us who you are, what you do, where you went to school. Some fun fact if you want.
0: I'm
2: uh Roddy Layton. I I. I have three uh, hobbies that I get paid for. Is what I would say. Um, I enjoy waking up and going to all different jobs that I have. Uh, I am currently a principal in my, you That's know, cool. my former hometown where I had lived in Pomona, California. Uh, both my wife and I graduated from Pomona Unified. We both continue to contribute back to Pomona Unified. Uh, I work with the National College Resource Foundation and Dr. Teresa Price. Um, I I work with Sports Scene TV covering local high school. Um, sports, um, and then I'm a guest speaker. I often get called out for, you know, that's how Teresa and I we work together on multiple things. But oftentimes, uh, a speaker at the Black College Expo, Latino and College Expo, College Expos. Oftentimes, I'll have universities or schools uh, have me come out talk to their student athlete populations, um, and then you know, a, a mentor. I don't consider it a job or a hobby. I just consider it a passion. But obviously, I get to work with a lot of students. Um, and that's it. That's you know, a <laughs> wow. fun fact. But yeah. Yeah, I, I wake up every morning. I'm not a thank God it's Friday person. I, I wake huh. up and say, thank God it's Monday. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, I, I, I truly wake up every morning excited and love going to work. And that's because I have an opportunity. Uh, I Actually, on Friday, corrected one of the ladies in my office, she said, you know, it, it was Thursday. It was our last day. And thank God it's Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's not have that because for a lot of our students... Um, you know, going home isn't going home, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a reminder that you don't get to go home because of our population. One out of eight students at my campus is, is identified as homeless, and those oh, are the ones God. that are identified. Oh. Uh, and one of our students, our brother sister Tangent, they were, they were right before Thanksgiving break, they were not looking forward to Thanksgiving break. On the Monday we returned, I'm, thank God it's Monday, I get All to right. see them, what happened over the weekend when we lost the right. home of the week. And uh, the younger one uh, asked how to go, and she said it didn't. And She's like, I'm just glad to be back at school. It's just, yeah. it's just safer yeah. for me at school, and that's what she told mm-hmm. me. Um, so right now I'm on a, a two week break, and um, and that's my fear. Like, what what are my students going to be exposed, or what am mm-hmm. I losing them to? I mean, we got. You know the holidays. Again, we talk about those highs and lows. Right. You know, I mean, some of my students that are in foster care don't go home and see their biological mother, right. or as they're looking at their friends, get together with their moms and their dads. You know, um, you know what they're not. Right. So, you know, for me, it's it's a passion. Um, you know, my wife and I were, you know, we're last night talking about why don't we just go call those kids and we'll, we'll, we'll just big, you know, caravan down to the Rose Fray and let them see something different. Oh, so uh, you know, my no. hobby is, is really investing in, in our youth. You know, it's just yeah. something I, I truly wake up every morning. for. like I'm blessed to, to have um, things I love and passionate about that mm-hmm. that's willing to pay, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I won't, I won't, let the people know who paid me, i do it for free, but I do it not for free. I mean, for me, it's just i getting the information, helping mm-hmm. one another. At the, mm-hmm. in the end of the day, I'm not going to be a billionaire. Um, no one's going to, at my funeral, talk about, you know, how much money I made. And, and mm-hmm. as we talked earlier, as you do get older, you do go to more funerals. And, right. and all the funerals I've been to, no one talks money. It's, it's who the person was, mm-hmm. how he treated other people, how mm-hmm. he helped other people. Uh, I, I was just asked, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at one of my former head coaches' uh, funerals. I was I was asked mm-hmm. to be one of the speakers. Um, and right now, I'm not thinking about what money okay. you know he made. I'm mm-hmm. thinking the impact that he had on my life and everyone else's life. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I think that's the blessing part, is, mm-hmm. is, is knowing that. And I tell students all the time, uh, not to go political on your guys' <laughs> thing, but, you know, we, we have a president that's, you know, maybe a billionaire Um and obviously a great position, but I don't respect them. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if really, you know what I mean? So for me, money and title isn't what gets my respect. What gets my respect is how you treat other people, how you see other people, how you, you know, better other people. Yes. And uh, like I said, I'm just blessed to being mm-hmm. a, in different professions. that allows me to get paid yeah. to do that. So, um that's not that's, a, that's a little bit of me. Oh, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had chills
0: over here. I'm like
1: Oh my god, this is so beautiful. I'm cry This is what I want to do. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> cry crying. Let's start with an
2: icebreaker. So, Rodney, what, what
1: was the last thing you ate?
2: Um, did
1: you have breakfast? I did <laughs> have breakfast. I ate
2: breakfast every morning. It was a. Uh, Probably some peanut butter on some toast on a whole wheat bread. Okay, that's the last that's thing i Humble and yeah. <laughs> healthy. Yeah. It's not what I had this morning. <laughs> you gotta start thinking about that. Dang, no, 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 I can't okay. even do it you're not anymore. you when you're hungry.
0: You're not, uh, I have cold yeah. stuff for breakfast sometimes. Oh, yeah, that's
2: yeah. a whole issue. That's, that's how you know you're young. So that's how you get <laughs> older. Like I look at a donut now, I start getting lightheaded. That's <laughs> like, you put me here, like, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: To be fair, I don't actually like donuts and, like, sweet stuff for breakfast. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I just look at Cold Stone and it's like, well, we got some left over.
2: I I was talking to some friends (laughs) and we were talking about that. And they're getting to like, I I eat breakfast right away, i got to be up for a while. (laughs) And uh, we were talking about, um, um, well, we were saying magic stars, you know, for the for your audience that don't know, mm-hmm. you know, the, they know Lucky Charms, I know Magic Stars, they know Cheerios, I know Tastyos, they know Fruit Loops, I know Fruit Rings. These are the <laughs> bad stuff. <sales and laughs> yeah. So, you know, you got to know, you got to know. If you don't know, you don't know. But um, I said, man, like, I, I don't even think I could get a bowl of Magic Stars down now because, you know, just, I, I, I don't know, it's just an age thing. Like, you, the, the sugar stuff, I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm done. So, wow. you know, um,
1: don't tell me that I love sweet. Uh, I love hey, yeah, we all do until he yeah. did a
2: certain age. You okay. start eating, you start getting You know, you yeah. start seeing them fireflies. I should have ate
0: that. You know. Uh, Got to think yeah. about that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, um, what was the last song you listened to? <laughs>
2: So I listen to Christmas music pretty much well, year-round. Really?
0: <laughs> you want to know <enough> <laughs> Oh, Well, I am. I am. I <laughs> hide <my>, it. <laughs> my, my football players used to tease
2: me. and be like, oh, you know? Uh, but uh, it was, uh, so I was listening to a variety. Uh, Silent Night. But it was probably, no, it was probably uh, I, I don't know the exact, actually I think it was Old Town Mom uh, by Nat King Cole uh, was, what was what I was playing. Now I'm here. That, that's probably my favorite Christmas guy, really? Nat King Cole. Okay. Okay. Um, so I was driving over here. It's a time, you know, it kind of gets you. Uh, now, nah, I'm not going to lie. I was coming over. It was getting a little long drive. I hit a couple of the slower songs. I did flip over. Uh, I, I like listening to, uh, I'm older. I like the old hip hop. I flipped over to the station, um, you know, LL's XM radio. It was EPMD. I listened to that for a minute, and then, Ooh, you know, I went to we you know. commercial. I said, "Let me go back. Let me get back in the right mindset. You know, now I'm back in that scene. It's all right. Let me find something else, right? You know." And then I was like, "Let me, let me get back in the focus." Um, no, but so yeah, it, it's the Christmas. I don't know if I'd be entering that in July, but you know, yeah. I, I was not sending Christmas music on the way here. You guys are making me publicly admit. This. I mean, <laughs> hey, you could have came here. Yeah, I could have said so. I could have been guys, like, I mean, I'm listening to Kendrick Lamar. I I just feel it you know don't kill my vibe on that right? but I'm I didn't. I'm like yeah I'm like no, I, was, I, was, I was listening to Nat King Cole you know, that's, that's my that's my guy that's, that's my Christmas music.
0: some good Christmas music yeah, the yeah, Christmas
2: yeah. song by yeah. Nat King Cole to me is if so and I can say this year around like, what's your favorite song there's so many songs I mean I and I've been I mean I, I, I've been to a wide genre of, of you know listening to music mm-hmm. but that's just the one it don't matter here it's just so <laughs> perfectly and done and, mm-hmm. and his version of it too yeah. you know other people sing it but it's his version right. that i really like so
1: and that no that's true like certain songs they stand test the test of time it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what season what year of them, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah i definitely feel you on that if you can go anywhere in the world where would you go
2: so i've, I've been fortunate uh, my wife and i i guess we could add this to another hobby my wife and i we take students abroad Oh, so we last year took students to uh, uh, Normandy. Uh, it was the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Normandy, Paris, and London. This year we're taking students to uh, Rome, Florence, Milan, and Paris. Wow. Um, this uh, when I was in Chicago mm-hmm. during Thanksgiving, um, uh, talking and working with a lady from Nigeria. So uh, we're looking in the summer to do a project. My wife works with someone who was actually an Air Force pilot in Nigeria, oh, wow. uh, was in a, 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 an accident. Uh, he's, he's a paraplegic now. He generates money and, and takes donations of wheelchairs. Um, and every year goes back to Nigeria and gives it to communities that, that are in oh, need so. to bring that. So we're now connecting these two together. Um, you know, the, the lady I work with, she's a doctor in Nigeria. She was actually, in, you know, in Chicago for a... Um, she's teaching a class at one of the universities over there uh, and then obviously trying to recruit more and support systems. So, we, you know, we have two people that are from a similar area in Nigeria. So um, I still haven't seen the pyramids of Giza in Egypt. Something I would want to see. I still would like to see the, the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Uh, but now I think my new interest is, is I want to be a part of that program in Nigeria. Um, and, and it's not necessarily getting to see something. I mean, I, I've stood in the Roman Coliseum. I've been in the Greek Parthenon. I've been in the Torch of the Statue of Liberty. I have stood in front of the Big Ben, I've been on top of the Eiffel Tower. like I've done that. Um, but right now, the place I want to be, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm excited to go back to mm-hmm. Rome in Florence and Florence. But uh, I think being part of that thing in Nigeria in um, in Taking wheelchairs, Uh, my brother's a quadriplegic, but being a part of a program that's that's going to help people, um, you know, uh, to to be, you know, in in a country uh, with someone who is a pilot, uh, someone who's a doctor, and for them to welcome my family in with open arms. I would say right now, that's where I want to be. It's not necessarily seeing something to, to mark it off a, a bucket right. list of right. posting, you know, let me selfie this on Facebook <laughs> mm-hmm. or Instagram yeah, or right. Snapchat and be like, look where I'm at and you're not. Uh, it's more about getting a chance to be a part of something bigger. Right. Not so, the So, yeah. yeah, so that that's probably not everyone's most t- typical answer. But right now, that that's uh, here I am already scheduled to go to Rome, Florence, Milan, <laughs> and Paris, but I, I'm a little excited about the Nigeria one. Uh, just because of what it brings with it. Right. right.
0: Uh, y'all so, hear that passion? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, this is like what I want to do. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm here yeah. and doing it, like that's how i want to feel. Like yeah. what how, what impact am I making on the
2: world? And I think you're making a great impact. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm blessed. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. I'm blessed. But this is how we met. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's a, it's the same thing. Like you know, and this is. You know, uh, the, the person we do know in common, Dr. Teresa Price. You know, Teresa and I have known each other, you know, for 15 years. Actually, Chase went with me. Her son uh-huh. went with me last year to uh, Europe. Uh, you know, I needed an extra chaperone. Isn't this crazy? I yeah. call <laughs> four people. I'm like, everything's paid for. Everything. Like, here I am. Like, I'm say, Everything is paid for. Uh, I mean, the, the, the airfare, the hotels, uh, breakfast and dinner. You know, in European countries, they don't need lunch. But it's like, the only thing you need to pay for is if you want snacks and souvenirs. Entire trip. Three people turn it down before Chase what? said, yeah, oh, I'm busy during spring break. I'm this or that. I was like, we're I going to, yeah, <laughs> Normandy <Northern laughs> in London. It's free. All oh, I need oh, is, something. and I was hoping to get crazy. a mail because we had we had plenty of female chaperone adults, you know, with my wife and another teacher to organize it. So um, I, I was actually at, I forget which expo I was at. And I, I had been turned down three times. I was calling another one of my former players, who's now a teacher. His phone rang once. I seen Chase walk in the room. I hung up. Poor Xavier, even though <laughs> he always <laughs> went to me. <he's> <laughs> but Chase walked in. I said, Chase, you want to go to Europe? He's like, Let's go. Like he didn't even know it was free or right, anything else. Right. But um, that's the nice thing about like I feel like just like the Price Family in general. Yeah. They're
0: like very like like free spirits oh, going like yeah, yeah let's do it yeah. i got the time <laughs> yeah. i got the money and like don't even not lie uh, for yeah. sure i'm there yeah. you know what i'm saying and i think like that's the nice thing about t is like she's always like there's always like a blessing or always an always, opportunity always. in something yeah um i don't know she's just a great person but <laughs> the number of people
2: that she has helped out to, to mm-hmm. get them into college and there's been times um you know that, that i've had a caller and say hey i have someone um you know, I, you know, I worked with a girl, Blair uh, McClellan, and, um, you know, she, she was at a school that I was working with, and um, she didn't take the SAT. She didn't really have the, you know, like I'm a first generation. My mm-hmm. wife and I both, my wife was the first in her family to go to middle school, you know, okay. so we're both first generation, you know, high school, grad, college, you know, going students. Um, so, you know, it's hard. If you don't have anyone older and you tell you this is how to do it, mm-hmm. you, you know, sometimes you don't know. But anyways, Blair didn't have an SAT score. It was December. Uh, what are we going to do? Grades are great. She hasn't written anything. He hasn't done applications. And I called Teresa, and I'm talking in a matter of weeks. Um, she'd already been accepted to university. She'd already spoken to the president twice. She'd already received a summer internship job. And it was just all through Teresa Price Connection. Mm-hmm. But Teresa does this for us all the time. And this is why when Teresa calls and says, hey, I need you to do this. Say, hey, I need you. we're flying out to Atlanta. I need you to be there. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, you know, but it, it's just, you know, for me, I, I have no idea how she makes money because it seems like she's always giving it away. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, you know, blessing upon blessings mm-hmm. is when you, when you don't even think about the money, okay. you just think about the impact you have. Right. Like, so, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, the Lord will provide, God will provide, right. whatever, and I, I don't want to step on toes. It's just, you know, it's it just, it's just like the, the nature of it. But yeah, she's amazing. And yeah. I feel like I've always... You know, surrounding myself around amazing people, and, and that's mm-hmm. a blessing. You know, it is a blessing. here I am. Right, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. you know, MVP, yeah.
0: MVP. But yeah. shout out to Teresa Price, and yeah. we're gonna have her on here, um, but we gotta wait until after the tour is over because she is really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna talk all about the Black College Expo, the Latino College Expo, and everything she does with the National College Resources Foundation. Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal, and it helps so many students. So I'm excited for it. Let's dive into some of our questions. Questions. Um, so Roddy, I know you played sports in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about like what sport you play, what position you play, um, and what school you went to. Did you mention your the school you went to in your I intro? I don't know. I did. No, um,
2: so I'm right in my home territory. I went. I played ball at USC. Um, coming out of high school, I, I played football and baseball. Never got a chance to play basketball because I was always ineligible. In between my junior year, is the only year I played both football and baseball. Um, all the rest of the years, I was ineligible. I was, mm-hmm. you know, recruited in high school and uh, was, you know, the prop forty-eight. You know, for for the for you guys, you know, if you remember, boys in the hood, when Ricky had to get that 2.0-700, you mm-hmm. know, and he did. That, <laughs> that's what it used to be back in the day, 2.0-700. Uh, but in high school, I didn't have the two Um Was out of school a couple of years, had children. You know, life kicks in, kind of, you know, running and doing the wrong things. So I went back to a community college mm-hmm. um, at Mount Sac Community College, um, you know, uh, from Mount Sac, ha- had a couple offers. Most of them were, you know, one double A, Ohio U, uh, my boy Casey Gale was going to Ohio U, I was going to go with him there, took my trip to Slow, um, San Luis Obispo, which mm-hmm. just wasn't, you know, someone from down here, that's not the vibe I was looking for. Um, BYU uh, was coming after me my wife's like I married a white guy and I'm going to live around all white people. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, white is good, like all, you know, like, Yeah, like I need mean, a little flavor of my That's life. Um, so there wasn't really those perfect fits. And um, anyways, um, I had applied to USC. It was just a dream school. I grew up mm-hmm. a big, you know, USC fan. Uh, John Robinson was a the coach then. Charles White, you know, Marcus Allen um so anyways i got accepted and received an academic scholarship right away wow. and, and i really changed my everything about myself from what i was in high school to what i became in a community college that little gap in between years um you know just you know having two children you know I, i'm you know entering mm-hmm. you know 19 i was already a father of two wow. so wow. you know it, it was you know life starts changing real fast mm-hmm. um you know kind of got in trouble with the law where you know you Got you, right? You, you, you get knocked outside the head. You know, you, 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 okay. you, know, you, you go, yeah. You start to wake up a little bit more and more each time. But hey, maybe I should <laughs> be doing this. But eventually, um, uh, got acting with scholarship. Went to USC. Was out there about a week and a half. A um, little bit older than everyone else coming in rookie camp. Mm-hmm. They told me uh, go see James Henry. Uh, went in, they said, hey, um, everything's going to be picked up. And and I didn't have to pay a penny to, to go to USC, my wow. dream school. John Robinson, he came back to be the head coach. Charles White, who I looked up to when I was a kid, was our running back coach. Wow. So I got to play at USC, um, you know, uh, went to the Cotton Bowl, played in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, senior year, we won the Rose Bowl. Of um, course, like everyone else, try to, you know, get picked up in the league, try to get in the NFL Europe, Canadian League ring a league, you know, you, you try to extend your athletic career as long mm-hmm. as you can. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, I had a wife who had, you know, like, um, you know, the <laughs> whole football thing's over, it's time to go to work, okay. these yeah. kids are getting older, and yeah. my kids were starting to play sports now, so it was like, yeah, you know, but um, but during college, I started uh, tutoring and I don't know why, like reading was a struggle for me, math came real easy for me. Mm-hmm. So, I started tutoring because I understood struggle. I understood people that were struggling in subjects. And I started tutoring, and that really just kind of became a passion of coaching um, and teaching. And um, through USC, there was a connection. Um, someone wanted me to come work alternative education for San Bernardino County, uh, working in like the Chino Prison System, San Bernardino County Junior Hall. They're like, look, you're someone that kind of gone through this system. You'd be perfect for it because you've mm-hmm. you, you not know, been there. You know, mm-hmm. you, could, you could explain, like, you're hey, relate. this is it. And I remember when I first got into the hall, I was telling these kids, man, you guys are all scholarships. You don't even realize that your awards are the court now. You know how much financial aid you'll get? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was yes. like, so whatever it did to get you here, just know it was a blessing. Because now what we gotta do is get you into college. And I really went in. Here I am. They were mm-hmm. like, why are you, are you talking to these kids <laughs> about going to college? Here. They're, they're yeah, because they're going they're in general hall, they're yeah. getting out. That's right. Yeah, they're awards right. of the court. We we're gonna get them to community college. So I had all of them, they were applying, we were applying to Mount Sag and finally Chafee uh, community college came through and said, Hey, they're San Bernardino. you want them applying to us. So for the first time, you don't have a community college reaching out to students mm-hmm. that are being, you know, already incarcerated and That's saying, awesome. yeah. And I was telling the kids, like, this is, you have financial aid now. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, my, my, uh, I played football as a wide receiver at USC. Um, Keyshawn Johnson was our star wide receiver at the time, no one draft picked overall, but, uh, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. I made because I Great, great friendships, great relationships. Um, and I feel like I was winged off of football because, you know, in high school, you're a man in community college, you're one of the guys at SC, you start to realize, yeah, I'm not playing as much as I wanted to. <laughs> so, anyway, it was like, you know, I get in a little here and then I'm back out a little here. So I feel like I was winged off of football uh, okay. where, um, you know, I think a, a, a real serious topic would be people who play sports for a long time. And... and uh, especially professional athletes when it's over now what yeah. you, mm-hmm. you, you, you've exactly. prepared your whole life I mean let's say you're 27, 28 you, you've been playing for yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. and suddenly it's cut from you it's gone mm-hmm. and, and it's hard to deal with you know when you when you, when you step onto mm-hmm. the Coliseum Field and when you walk down our tunnel and the Raiders were so at the time, you're looking commitment to the excellent, commitment to excellent on the right with the Raiders emblem, fight on with the SC emblem. Right. You're walking down a tunnel, you can hear the noise above you. As you come down, there's Traveler, and you can see the torch of the Coliseum, and you could see yourself walking out on the screen of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and when the crowd sees you, the, the right. noise level goes up, and that energy is just like, let's go. And then next year it's gone. You'll right. never get that again. There's right. no one at your job applauding you. There's no one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and it's kind of like a lot of a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of pro athletes hit that psychological dip. They go mm-hmm. into a depression. Let alone oh, yeah. what money you were making. Like exactly. you, you come right. back down to our level now. Right. You know what I mean? Like I know you didn't want to get shoes at Walmart, but, <laughs> but remember when you were in the eighth grade getting shoes right. at Walmart? You're back. You right. This is so, where you are. An you know,
1: I think if it, that's the case even for people who don't even get to make it to college football. You know, they keep going. Like, I have one friend. He's gone to so many different community colleges Mm -hmm. just to keep playing ball. And I'm like, okay, that's great, but I need you to get your degree. I need you to finally, you know, separate yourself and transition into something else. But they, they have that hunger. And then I had another friend I went to high school with. He thought he was going to play college uh, football, didn't end up happening. Mm-hmm. And then he went through that sort of depression mm-hmm. earlier than he would have gone through it if he would have got to, gotten to play college football. Yeah. And it just really hit him hard mm-hmm. and he wasn't prepared for, what do I do now? So yeah. that's definitely
2: a hot topic. Well, one of my players, just said it best about a month ago. He in a car accident in um, mm-hmm. lost his left leg. was amputated below oh. oh, me. And um, the first night I went there, he was unconscious. I come back Friday night, come back Sunday. He's conscious. Um, you know, I was like, you know, I talked to the mom before going in. Is mm-hmm. he aware? Does he realize now he's lost his leg? She said, yes, he's been told. And so I walk in first words. He said, coach, they cut my leg off, you know? Um, but we are talking and this is the way I thought he worded the best. He said, man, uh, football's a lie. And mm-hmm. it's because his whole life he had played football. Mm-hmm. And then after that, everything's done. And now he's in his mind thinking I'll never be, you know, be able to run or anything else. But he says, you know, it, it, at a young age we're We're teaching these athletes like this. will. It's kind of like we believe everyone's going to live forever, but it's not. I mean, it's such a short window. And this is is. really what I'm trying to educate our students with. I I don't want to be a dream killer. Like if your your goal is to go play professionally or be in the Olympics, I I want that too. It's just everyone gets told, whether it's your own body or a coach, whether it's it's after a a Hall of Fame career Mm -hmm. or you never made the varsity team. Everyone gets told Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, you know, uh, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, the father of time, eventually gets you. mean, You realize everyone gets told sooner or later your time is done. Exactly. So what do you have after that? And that's really why I'm trying to educate the students. First of all. The, the sports system is using you. The university is using you. You got to use them right back. Okay. You, know, you're, you're, you know, you're making money off me. Like these these million-dollar contracts that coaches are signing, mm-hmm. well, the athlete's not getting any of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're telling me I got to wear this shoe brand like UCLA just okay. went, you know, from Adidas to Under Armour. I'm a Nike guy. I wouldn't wear any of those. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a student-athlete there, now I have to. Exactly. But the coach got paid millions to right. put that brand on his chest uh-huh. and to force us to put it on our chest. So, like, they're using you. When you're done playing, there's no more athletic ability, you know, mm-hmm. what do they need you for anymore? Right, right. They might need you to graduate because it helps with their, you know, with the NC2A when it comes to are they, you know, making sure the athlete's finished. But if they're using you and you know that, then you just got to use them right back. Right, like, right. it's a business relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the sports using you because, you know, your body's going to get tore up. And mm-hmm. I don't care if it's, you know, a tennis elbow or, you know, your hips are sore from the golf swing or, you know, you got a... a back fusion because of, you know, the contact of hockey or football or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it, it's when you're done playing, you got to use it. What what am I going to get out of sports? Who am I going to get out of sports? You know, who are the connections or the mm-hmm. networks I'm going to make for my sports? And then what do I get out of it? Um, and I think there's a lot. I think people take away what sports really offers. I mean, to me, you learn to make sacrifices, you learn Mm. to make commitments. I've been married 30 years. Like, you know, I mean, that's a commitment. I learned commitment through sports, being committed to show up every Mm -hmm. practice, to Mm -hmm. sacrifice, maybe getting up, watching Saturday morning cartoons because I'm out of practice, you know, working with, you know, uh, through adversity and with diversity, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my, my brother, my sister, myself, we all married someone that was born outside the country. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's working with diversity. Well, I played with players who were born outside the country. My sister married someone that's from a different region. You know, again, I played with players different region. You know, working through adversity, you know, times are tough. What are you going to mm-hmm. do when you're down, you know, in a quarter or, you know, your, your mind is physically tired or mentally tired? I mean, I think through sports, we get that. How to set common goals, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot we get through sports, I, you know, I think could be taught and then always emphasize to the athlete. And you're learning this to take it to the business world. Right. You know, like, again, you know, an old athlete like LeBron's an old basketball guy. But for me, he's a young kid still. Like, a mm-hmm. oh, man. You know? <laughs> but uh, I mean, I shouldn't say he's a kid. He's a man doing things right. that are manly, you know, but it's just, you know, like. And LeBron's an exception. Not everyone makes that money. But, right. you know, you're 27, 28. You got a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You know, I walk players on on the football field or a.k.a. soccer field for those who play that sport. But, you know, I really start them at the goal line and say, this is life right here at the goal line. And then we step out to the five because no one no one ever tells a story. Like when I was one, I remember back in the day, you know, it starts when you're about five. That's when, you know, your memory really kicks in. Mm -hmm. But we'll walk out to the 12 yard line. That's where you get the split between city and rec versus actual travel. You know, Mm -hmm. and and you can tell who's really going on and who's not. And we walk out to 16, which should be about the age of a high school person. And I tell them, choose the college of your dream. I'm gonna give you a scholarship there, plus you know, register here. So we'll walk out to the you know 18 yard line. You're graduating high school, five yards out. We're at the 23. You know, here you are. You know, graduating from the University of your choice. I gave you five years. So hopefully, you know, you worked on your master's, but for sure got your bachelor's done. And then I'll say, let's let's walk out four more, three and a half years for the football players, three and a half years average life spent in the NFL. We're at the 27. And like, you've accomplished everything you want to do. You've played sports your entire life. You went to the college you want to go to. You got a chance to play in the NFL. Now we got to walk 51 yards, and I want silence. No one talk, And we walk those 51 yards understand. There's no one cheering for you anymore. And then that gap, you know, mm-hmm. you're 78 yards away from where you started. You're looking at that gap of 51 yards. That's your life. See how small sports was in mm. that little window? This big gap right here, this giant field that we just walked, the, the 78 yards, 51 of them is no sports whatsoever. No one's cheering you on. So this is what we're preparing for. This right. is real life. Sports isn't. Right. You know, that's, and, and that's, that's, that's powerful. I'm yeah. going to
0: have you come on and host, I'm <laughs> and host our uh, life post sports because that's the whole thing that I'm trying to bring to students is like. Even Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan and Jerry Rice mm-hmm. and all these great names, Muhammad Ali, everyone was told, you can't play anymore. That's so true. then what are you going to do after that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about saying, you suck, you're never going to make it to a It's not saying that at all. It's yeah. saying you only have this much time we don't know how much that time is going to be but when your time's up your time's up and you have to have other talents and other skills Mm -hmm. that are going to take you out and you're so much more than just an athlete Mm -hmm. right and so i remember i would say that in college all the time right a lot of my a lot of my friends even some of my teammates only identified as an athlete Mm -hmm. and i would be like i mean i play sports but that's not who i am Mm um because I had my own like self and identity, and I think that's something that I really want to bring to athletes everywhere, yeah. is finding their identity outside of sports. And I think when you start figuring out what else you're good at and what else you can good. do outside yeah. of basketball, football, baseball, softball, right? And for a lot of women, we will never play Professionally, because there aren't a lot of professional sports for women, right? Or make the big money. Yeah, make the big money, right? Mm -hmm. So it depends on what sport you're playing. Um, and then if you want to go overseas, some people may not want to go overseas and live overseas. So then that limits you to what you can do as well, right? And so then it's saying, okay, I can do this, right? I'm really good in business or I'm really good in communications. I understand marketing or I really like engineering, right? And then now I can start thinking about all these other things and all of this other like self-worth and achievements that I can have beyond Mm -hmm. my physical abilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's really about.
1: It's challenging though because... You know, as Roddy mentioned, like you to them are a commodity, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a pawn in their business Mm -hmm. uh, game. And even I was at a Christmas party recently and we were talking about internships Mm -hmm. and the lady I was talking with, she was like, you know, um, because I work with a nonprofit. She's like, I want to you know, give you guys um, some positions to do internships with the youth that you serve. But she was like, you know, even for um, athletes, I think they should have a right to do internships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they graduate. If they're competing against someone who's the same age, they have both have bachelor's degrees, but this one doesn't have any uh, work or professional experience and this one is just an athlete, or you know, vice versa, mm-hmm. it's like what's gonna get you in the door? Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't have anything. Yeah. And as you know, it's hard to find a job when you just graduated from college. Yeah. Because they all want experience. Yeah. Right. And yeah, okay, it's great you're a college athlete, but how is that how are those athletic skills gonna be applicable to this professional yeah. job yeah. You're mm-hmm. at a desk or, you know, you're picking up what fit uh, 60 pounds or something yeah you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. well i think
2: that's what he said the internship piece uh one, one of the things i really try to push the, to the student athletes is when we talk about selecting the college and selecting your major you got to go with what you're passionate about and unfortunately a lot of sometimes we have programs say like you know well you don't want to really major in that because that's a tough one let's let's get you in this and we'll see yeah. how it goes really what it was it conflicts with their practice or they want them focused like you know, you know, I don't want you really going into you know biochemical engineering because mm-hmm. that's really tough. Mm-hmm. Let's put you into and, and I call them the you know the athletics you know uh, majors. You know, and nothing right. against anyone who has a history degree, mm-hmm. a sociology degree, a communications degree, a liberal arts degree, because those are sometimes pushed upon athletes instead of letting our athletes go out there. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing like you don't have time for an internship because we need you focused okay, here. And um, and like we said, now you you might be the same 22 year age okay. you know college mm-hmm. graduates. Everyone else is. But this person's done two summer internships at that position, mm-hmm. and and now you're like, well, I, you know, like I said, I, I could power clean 335. You know, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's it's like, that's cool. good. <laughs> yeah, don't break our stapler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I, I
0: think the one thing that's really important, I'm so glad that I had a coach who really pushed this. She always told me, you're a student before you're anything else. Mm-hmm. You are a student athlete and like I try and drill that in every person's head anyone who's an athlete that I meet I'm like you are a student athlete student comes before mm-hmm. athlete and you have to remember that mm-hmm. and my coach was really flexible like I remember one time I actually got in trouble because I was having all this um I was having like a lot of adversity I guess <laughs> in this one class that I was in um specifically with a group project that I was trying to do and so they kicked me out of the the group and then meanwhile I had done all my work but then she hadn't approved it or whatever the person who kicked me out of the group and then Um, and then basically I was like in limbo and then my professor was like well she doesn't really have the power to kick you out of the group at this point but then I was in limbo and I didn't have a group to go to or any project to do for like two or three weeks right and at that point they've already done the project right like I can't go do anything while he was trying to solve the dispute between me and um, and my classmate and so then he was like okay well I'm going to try and put you back in and then literally she emails me hours before we're supposed to meet and I had to go to I had to go to uh, we had a game that day so we had film we had practice and we had all these different things and I was like I literally cannot go like I need at least 24 hour notice to get my coach and then when I ended up not passing that class that semester because of that group project um my coach was like well like, what happened, I was telling the story, and she was like, I don't know why you didn't just tell me that you needed to go to this group project, you could have missed film, right? But to me, it had never occurred that I could miss film, because I was like, well, this is a commitment I made, and I have to be here, and you talk about time, and I didn't have enough time because they didn't give me enough time, and she's like, no, she's like, if your group doesn't give you enough time, that sound will work out on the back end, mm-hmm. but she's like, but you go, and you make sure that you pass your classes, right? And So that was like a learning lesson for me, but it was so important, and she made sure I knew that I was always a student, and So I'm really grateful that I had a coach who was like that. But it sounds like there are coaches out here who are not. They're like, no, we need you on this field doing what we need Mm -hmm. you to do. And so they have their personal interests above yours. So you have to always remember, like, what you need and where you want to go in life is always so much more valuable than these people who are going to use you to make their millions and billions of dollars.
2: I share all the time. Like USC gave us a flu shot. I don't know how many times they gave us something. They gave us a flu shot, and oh they God. said, "There you go. You you no more. You can't have excuse of being sick." That was their way of saying you don't miss practice or anything. Wow! And I'm like I didn't even want the flu oh, shot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Like, and I wonder
1: it. if certain I don't know if you guys have to think, but like for me, I'm wondering if like certain institutions are going to be because I I feel like because um, I went to CSU Route and I feel like no matter what I did, even when I had a job on campus, mm-hmm. their motto always to me was you're a student first, mm-hmm. and then you're a worker or you know whatever second. Yeah. And so I feel like I wonder I'm wondering if sports in different institutions or different systems have different priorities or different obligations. I mean, granted, there's not a lot of CCs that have football anyway, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if they're still putting that same pressure. I mean, obviously, you need it to generate money. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if it's still, now are you a student first? Or there's a little bit more leeway than maybe the private
2: institution. You know, with USC football, it's such a powerhouse. It's Mm -hmm. such a definition of what USC is and how a lot of people identify it. Like, Oregon, you know, 10 yeah. years ago, it became the trend. The student-athletes wanted to go up there because the founder of Nike created such a student-friendly atmosphere that suddenly Oregon got associated with this. Like, you want to come up here if you're a student-athlete, the way they treat student-athletes. At USC, don't get me wrong, the emphasis is we're here to win the Rose Bowl, compete at a national level. I mean, we're not right now, and people are like, get rid of the coach, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that emphasis, but, and this is this is just speaking on USC, there was so much networking done at USC. We were constantly getting a chance to meet people. Um, you know, jobs that I had coming out of USC, I mean, some of them I didn't even apply for. The the, the, the job I got working with San Bernardino County, USC Connection, mm-hmm. never put pen to paper. Um, one of the jobs I, you know, have right now, same thing, never put pen to paper. Um, got a job working with Disney. Uh, they just said, say something interesting about yourself. You know, I've, I played football at USC. was in the Rose Bowl. I'm leaving, and someone comes out. Is Ronnie Layton in here? And I turn around. I like, man, come here back here. We talked an hour of football, and then he said, well, what do you want to do here at Disney? That was it. Like, I was just coming in to apply, and I, that's the old pen and paper application. Right, right. <laughs> you know, people don't know about those old days. But, I mean, so, for at SC, there definitely was a network, you know, for, for us to meet people. Um, But don't get me wrong. We were there winning, and, and they got told, you know as they would say this you know they would say hey you're a student first football second Mm -hmm. and and for the viewers that can't see me they would put the number two of them say you're a student first (laughs) and football second number one that's because everyone thought like espn or cbs was tapping heritage Mm -hmm. hall um but you know i mean it it, you know it's it's tough when you're a student athlete because you Mm -hmm. you make a commitment to your teammates your Mm -hmm. teammates you travel on the road together i mean you know, not to give a visual, but I mean, you, you eat together, you shower together, you use the yeah. restroom together. I mean, it's such a bonding moment that you do feel that obligation mm-hmm. to be committed to them more than a group project, project. of students you really don't know because you mm-hmm. can sit quietly in class. So Absolutely.
0: They become your family. And it's like, um, a lot of people don't know this, but when I resigned from volleyball, I resigned my junior year. And I actually knew before I went in junior year that I was going to resign. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't even want to play that year. And, um, my, I remember I made the decision maybe like two or three weeks before we were supposed to be back and start practicing. And I literally said, I said, it's not enough time to tell the girls that I'm not going to come back. So I have to play season. And so I actually like went and I went through all the season and by the end of season, I was actually ready to play through my senior year. Um, But I ended up getting an injury, and my like right when I was about to start getting some play time, I fractured my fifth metatarsal, which I had actually fractured in the beginning of season. But because I didn't play that much, they didn't catch it until the end of season. And right when all the other middle blockers were out, it was finally like my time to like shine. I can go out, and my confidence was up. I couldn't even play, Um, and then I was like, it's okay, maybe this is just God telling me that Mm -hmm. it was my time. Mm -hmm. And then I bowed out. Um, But yeah, I I just felt like I can't leave my girls like this. Mm -hmm. I can't leave my Mm -hmm. sisters on the court when they expected me to be back full throttle and fully committed and I was fully committed that whole time um and I love them still do <laughs> they my girl so um should we
1: get into a yeah. quick
0: debate about um, yes <laughs>
1: if plan b distracts you from plan a So, do you want to unpack the quote a little
0: bit yeah so the other day I was like talking to one of my friends and so um we were just talking about like why it's really important for students and whether you're an athlete or you don't look maybe you want to be a doctor or a nurse or an engineer or whatever why it's really important that you always have a plan b and so um and she was like well I heard somebody say that the plan b can distract you from plan a because then you're not putting your all into your plan a and so um if you're not putting your all into it you're being distracted as soon as you start working on your plan b then you've already failed yourself right and so before I give my opinion on this quote, mm-hmm. I kind of want to know how you how you all feel about that. And we're going to be conscious of time because we don't have that much left.
2: We um, rock, paper, scissors? Like, I'll give you to our guest. this is, and, and it, it could be not what everyone else agrees with. If I say I could give you a dollar if you could complete a task or 50 cents for attempting the task, what are you going to do when it gets challenging? You're gonna take the fifty cents. Mm-hmm. You you're gonna to go to Plan B. Mm-hmm. So life is about adversities, mm-hmm. and and if you really want something, you gotta fight for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of firsts, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and if you want something, you gotta fight for it. And as soon as you say, well, I could do this, this is my Plan B. In the back of your mind, to me, you already prepared. When life gets tough, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and take this Plan B. Um, so for me, it's it's this is your Plan A. Just make sure you're detailing your plan A. You know, there's a difference between a dream and a goal. You know, a dream is something you fantasize about. A goal is that dream with a plan of action and a deadline. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is to, let's say, go to, you know, the Channel Islands, you know your your deadline is November 30th. You gotta get your apps in. So what's your plan of action? I need to take these courses um, and, and this, you know, SAT or ACT score to qualify. I mean, you put your plan A together. Now we tell students all the time, you put your, you know, your five dream schools and then put your, your settlement schools. Um, but, you know, if you really want something to me, you got to go after plan A. And as soon as you start saying, well, it's going to get tough, let me just go to plan B, you know, that's that resiliency piece. Uh, and this is the student athlete in me. If, if every time the coaches said when you're tired, you could take a break, most of us would have taken that break. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if okay. when the coach says get your foot on that line and you got 15 seconds to run across the field and get back here, you know, and oh, by the way, we're doing this about 10 different times. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, you know, but you, your, your goal is you, you want to be a national champ. You want to be a Rose Bowl champ. You know, if, if, if Coach John Robinson would have told us at USC, hey, guys, we could go to the Holiday Bowl. You don't need to work that hard. Every time we got tired, if we didn't have that inner drive or that motivation, we'd probably go plan B Holiday Bowl in San Diego. San Diego's cool. I mean, you know, travel further than just going to Pasadena, mm-hmm. you know, but plan A is that's our focus. So for me, um, I think you set your goals for plan A. And after you accomplish plan A, again, whether that's college or, or pro, if we're talking sports, what do you do after plan A? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if your goal is plan A and that's your focus and you hit it, then what? Um, but I think as soon as you start planning for plan B um, with, with adversity in life, I think a lot of people would take that 50 cent when they could have made a dollar.
1: Mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I, I think a plan is a working document. And sometimes we think it's definite. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, it's like a sentence. This is the start and this is the period. This mm-hmm. is all the plan is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you see the plan as this sort of, like, statement that is concrete and you not editable or adjustable, mm-hmm. I think that's where that sort of plan B comes in. But if you see a plan as this is something that, this is the goal, roughly, and mm-hmm. as I start to accomplish a goal, as I make steps towards the goal, if things get a little weary, I'm going to adjust the plan. Mm-hmm. So for example, cuz we we just talked about how the goal for some student athletes is to go pro. Mm-hmm. And that's their they're, they're like a they have tunnel vision. That's mm-hmm. all they see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then when that plan doesn't go through, They don't readjust the plan or they don't edit the sentence to Mm -hmm. say, well, now that I didn't go pro, what should I do now? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like plan B is not necessarily a distraction. Mm -hmm. It's more so being prepared for life's adversity. Mm -hmm. Because like we said, life is a given. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. Even the richest people to the poorest people have different types or different levels of adversity. Mm -hmm. And so I remember in college, I don't remember the way my, um, my, I had a communication professor and he told me something along the lines of where I want you to write something out about what you plan to do. And he was like, the, the thing about having the goal is it gives you something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it doesn't have to go exactly as planned. But at least if you have something written down, you have you have something that you're working toward. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being in a car driving without a destination. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the way gas prices are these days, and are not to do that, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? We have to know where we're going. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, a, a plan, if we see a plan as a working document or something that is adjustable and not sort of concrete, then we there
0: is no need for plan B because mm-hmm. we can always keep readjusting mm-hmm. the initial plan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like, right in the middle, I guess, a little bit. Um but leaning more towards you, D. Um I take a No, um, I'm like I'm all firm believer in having like a plan A through Z right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's because I like I love your analogy of like your plan isn't concrete it is adjustable Mm -hmm. and so like students should be able to adjust their plan if something happened right because adversities are going to come and you Mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen but then sometimes you're going to look up and be like I hate this right Like because sometimes we build plan A when we're five Mm -hmm. and we're told that we have to have a plan what do you want to do they're five I just want to go outside and make mud pies okay that's all I want to do today You know what I'm saying? Now i got to think about my career and my future, right? And while it's great that some students may know since three that they wanted to be an astronaut or a doctor or a scientist or an engineer or an actress and they've accomplished these things, that's not true for a majority of our students, right? And so I think that if you have a plan B, it doesn't say that plan A can never happen because you can accomplish plan A like you were Mm -hmm. saying, Robbie. Okay, what am I going to do next, right? And so it gives you a variety of options. It gives you um, different skill sets that you can work on. And so I think that you can always still work on and tailor your plan A and do your plan A. But then after you've accomplished that, what happens next? And I think that that's why I'm such a firm believer in having that plan A through Z is because i met so many people who said this was my plan. Plan A is my only plan. And then when that did not work out for them, they were destroyed. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying I'm not here to crush your dreams either, right? I'm not here to say, like, you'll never be a pro, right? But, Roddy, I hope you have some of these stats for us. But the chances that you're going to go pro are highly unlikely mm-hmm. for most students because the numbers are so – they go really big and then they get really small and then they get even smaller, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so these students aren't cognitively – or you know, thinking about anything. And so, like, I, there was one guy that I went to high school with um, – played sports in college played football in college got out of college made it to the league and I think he got an injury if I'm not mistaken um like like probably his like first or second season was done but Mm -hmm. what is he doing now he's a financial advisor right Mm -hmm. so and it's because he went to school got his degree and there was something else that he could do right so you Mm -hmm. never know what adversity life is going to give you um and where it's going to take you but you have to be prepared and you've got to be flexible right Mm -hmm. that's why we should all be doing yoga <laughs> right you're less likely to be hurt and so that's why i firmly believe in a plan a through z and having your plan b um because i i think it, it's really heartbreaking because i've seen so many people mm-hmm. who said this was my plan and then that plan didn't work out and then they had nowhere to go and i want everyone
2: to always have somewhere to go at the end of the day and i want to add what you're saying because i like what you said mm-hmm. that the driving with the gas prices mm-hmm. you know sometimes in life we do put a plan a together mm-hmm. right. and your plan a changes it's not a settlement you know mm-hmm. I mean? so for example for me it was like I'm going pro I'm being be a professional football player I'm playing in the NFL I had it down to I'm going to play for the Chicago Bears Walter well Peyton and I are going to be teammates when wow. he retires he's going to just change the P to the L from Peyton and Layton and give me number 24. we're going to be best friends you know what I mean You're like this is yeah, this that was my childhood hero mm-hmm. you know and um, but as it, the goal of like realizing okay well I'm, I'm not going to the NFL because they're not you know again and we'll talk about the numbers mm-hmm. so I want to make sure we include that um but then it was like, well, let me be a sports agent. I was talking about maybe going to law school because then I could combine my loves. I, you know, now it's like, you know, I, I love, I mean, you know, the academic piece. Mm-hmm. And I love the sports piece. But as I started tutoring people and helping people, I love the feeling of helping other people. And then my goal actually became a teacher. My wife, you know, my wife came to this country illegally um, and, and then eventually got a residency. And then later on in life, got her, her citizenship just to be able to vote. Um, her, her was, I'm going to be a lawyer. And that was her focus and she wanted to do constitutional law and, and work with you know immigration rights and civil rights and then she started teaching and, and I don't think it was a, a well I, I didn't make it to this let me right. do that sometimes plan a does change mm-hmm, did. um and and you know with life I mean you know, you know, we joke about it all the time, like you know, well, let's go see Mount Rushmore, and like, but how long do you stay there? Like in South Dakota, what else is there to do there? You know, what I mean? like, yeah, like oh, you know, that was our plan A. It, like, yeah, but well, this is it. Let's go somewhere else. And yeah. Plan A might change. Right. Um, but when we really t- talk about those numbers, and this is the thing I really try to emphasize, young student athletes, especially a lot of football coaches call me out. But I try to make sure I hit it with all numbers. And in, in, in football, there's over 1.1 million high school football players in the United States. Wow. And, you know, at the collegiate level, you know, we're now bringing students over from Tonga and Samoa, you know, American, mm-hmm. Samoa. So, um, you know, but you're looking at 1.1 million high school Less than 7% will play any level of college football. That, that's mm-hmm. NAIA Division III, II, IAA Division I. So we're talking less than 7%. And then less than 2% will play Division One football. That's your, you know, the Alabama, the Clemson, the USCs, the UCLAs. So, you know, I always tell the students a picture of a room of 100 high school athletes. 98 walk out the door will not play Division One, And then from Division One to being drafted in college, it is the same way. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're looking at, you know, there's 100 Division One football people you've watched on Saturdays. Like, mm-hmm. not everyone I played with at USC got drafted. But you're, you're, you know, you have 100 players inside a room. They're all people you watched on Saturdays. 98 walk out the door, go be professionals, but not athletes. They're, mm-hmm. hitting, the, they're hitting the job. Only two will get drafted statistically. Mm-hmm. So I used to do it with gumballs. And then let them know, like, hey, you guys could choose only two gumballs, and some of one of the gumballs I make bigger and some smaller, and you know, and, and typically they would take the bigger one by as well. I get more gum out of it. And I said, well, that's kind of is with student athletes, you know, if I could get that seven one center from my basketball team, I'm gonna take him over the five nine, you know, kid who came to my camp wants to play guard for me. Um, But then I would say, okay, now take those, and what we're going to do is out of the 100 gumballs, you only took two. Now let's take those two and divide that into a 100 pieces. See those little small specks that we're trying to cut into? Mm -hmm. Just those two little chips will actually play professionally, and then look at the lifespan. Uh, The newest thing now is I'm trying to take packs of gum Mm -hmm. and let Mm -hmm. them choose from the gum. So, you know, some kids like that candy stripe, so they'll choose that. You know, other ones like the Wrigley and Spearmint Gum and the Big Red, you know, kind of the older ones versus, you know, I don't, I can't find Bubblicious anymore. But, <laughs> but, you know, but I'm trying to find of Gum and let them choose because some students will choose by flavor. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you run a certain system, mm-hmm. you know, or you're looking for something specific, I'm looking for an outside hitter, my volleyball team versus a libero, I'm looking for something specific. Or mm-hmm. if I run this football offensive system, or if I, you know, I coach softball too, and if I'm looking for a runner, I need someone to slap hitter, I'm playing small ball, I'm looking for something specific. So some students will, ooh, I haven't had that candy stripe, you know, the zebra candy stripe. I haven't had that. I'm going to pick one of those. But the idea is letting them know, like, again, we have a 100 pieces of gum. Which one did you select? Only two got selected. Now let's take that and try to cut that into small little pieces to get a 100 out of that and just take two little of that. And now put that in your mouth. See that little thing that just got stuck between your teeth? That's the odds of making it. Uh-huh. Now,
1: all these other pieces of gum,
2: though, they're going to have jobs. Right. You know, and then... Emphasize. Look, if 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 sports is truly your passion, there's other jobs within the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I just took thirty five students to a Dodgers game at the end of the Dodgers uh, season, and um, this is the kind of clientele I'm working with. We're driving in L A. We're not even by the main city. They said, "Mr. Lane, one of the students, Mr. Lane, is that New York City?" Like, they didn't even know where Perfect. they were at. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we get in Dodger Stadium, and I'm trying to show them, besides the athletes on the field, see every time, like, so there's a player on the Dodgers named Will Smith, so we play the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. Mm-hmm. With him up there. <laughs> see, someone is making that little video to pop up there for the seven seconds, and it's up there as he walks up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Someone got paid to do that. Right. See this marketing all the way around? See all these cool? Someone got paid right. to sell all this yeah. marketing space. Mm-hmm. See how nice the green looks and the wow. dirt? Someone's yeah. getting So Bad. all this is all, there's security here. I mean, there's... There's a lot of industries within, so for those kids that are true Dodgers fans and you want to be a part of that organization and you don't have the athletic skill to be one of the players on the field, well, look at all the other industries within Dodger Stadium Mm -hmm. that you could be a part of. And that, to me, is like, well, take your passions. I mean, if you do what you love... Mm -hmm. You, you know like I, I haven't worked in I don't know how many years you <laughs> right. know I, I wake up and people are like here's a check I yeah yeah
0: but it's true though. I tell people all the time when we actually are out of time so we're gonna have to wrap it up but I tell people all the time if you ha- take your passion and you do what you're passionate about you'll always find a way to make mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. money will always find a way to come to you because you're like giving back and like for the Dodgers right like you could be doing, um, putting together all of their like phil- philanthropy that they're gonna mm-hmm. do, right? Mm-hmm. And putting together all the volunteer and community service. Like, I had a friend who did that. I, can't, I think she actually did it for the Dodgers, right? So, there's someone who's doing that and doing all these things that gives them this image. Mm-hmm. Um, that, And you may only see the players, but mm-hmm. you can
2: still be a part of that somehow. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I think that's a good little piece yeah. to leave them yeah. with. And thank you so much for yeah, joining us. It's really appreciate appreciate. my
2: pleasure. Like I said, this is for me yeah just, you know my wife's sick of having these sports talks <laughs> <laughs> That's no talk sports. That's
0: right we'll have yeah. to get you in here with like another athlete as well so you guys can like really um talk about sports but thank you so much for coming I on um i don't know if you want to leave any of your contact information if you feel comfortable with students so i'm
2: in i'm in what i call a cocoon i encourage this with all my students mm-hmm. um Again, not to go spiritual. I'm like, you know, whether well, it's Jonah and the whale, which kind of foreshadowed Jesus in the three days. Like, look, there's three days of what happened during that time. <laughs> Sometimes we got to go in our cocoon and come mm-hmm. out. So I've really have been trying to go on social media silence, kind of regather myself, like, see what I'm going to come back out too. But I mean, if, if, if they want to follow me, I'm at, I'm at, I just changed it too. <laughs> uh, I I'm at Roddy Layton on the Twitter page. Um, I was at D Roddy Layton or D Roddy. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I try to once a year and it's usually around this time of year try to come in gives me a chance to do a self-reflection uh kind of push away from the social media and i encourage my students all the time because you're, you're you know we're all going through a metamorphosis whether we're coming out the other end as a butterfly or resurrecting and reliving ourselves is coming out as something different um and, and for our college years that's mm-hmm. a lot for a lot of students and we should still be able to do as adults we, we should always be able to take time to come in reflect and think about where we're going from here um, and that's right now I'm, in. I'm almost in a full year um, yeah. of just trying to like um, self-reflect and stay away from social media plus it's helpful when uh, when I'm out with my dinner uh, with my wife and not having someone come up and ask me something <laughs> right. it's like can we just eat without you <laughs> right you know? without you to
0: ask me yeah. something um, well if they have any questions is it okay for them to email us definitely And like I said okay.
2: I, I, I go to a lot of schools and I speak you know uh, um, to, to really help other people out and then um, I get a chance to work with a lot of universities. Um, you know, I, I, with trees, so I get to work with the HBCUs. I get to work with the Ivy Leagues. I get to work with military academies. Um, so it's, it's a great benefit. I mean, uh, I hope to really network good people so everyone shares the resources. Cool.
1: Well, and don't forget you. to follow us on mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook <laughs> at Amidnet, admitnit, a d m i t n i t, and then thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening and. If you have any questions for us, email us at admitment at gmail I was going to say dot edu, but it's dot com. <laughs> and we'll see you next episode.